Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality they make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. Last week we released our 50th Wartime Diary. This week is Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut. And as a way of marking this milestone, and these dates, Yochai Meital and I will have a series of onstage conversations in New York and Cleveland. We'll discuss the process of creating Wartime Diaries, talk about some of the challenges we've encountered, the dilemmas we've had, the insights we've gained, So if you want to hear what covering the evolving story of this war has been like for us, we'd love to see you at one of our events. All the details are on our site, israelstory.org. And meanwhile, wishing us all calm and peaceful days ahead. In his funeral, his funeral was an amazing um, and heartbreaking uh, levaya, what we call, with a lot of music, a lot of music there, because people who knew Yossi knew that, you know, the violin was a perfect way of him to reveal his beautiful soul. Um, He'd been doing that for many years. Everywhere he would go, the violin was with him. He quite often plays the violin when he's, with his eyes are closed. Um, and he suddenly leaves um, the vision of what goes around and focuses first of all inside and then suddenly outside and connects and connects. Um, it, it's, it's very, I mean, I would say he's a person of, of an M16 and a violin, both together. Um, and he had the fine art of taking each, each one at a time, whatever was needed at that point. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. So as you know, during these incredibly difficult days, 
we're trying to bring you voices we're hearing among and around us. These aren't stories, they're just quick conversations, or postcards really, that try to capture slivers of life right now. As of today, more than 400 Israeli soldiers have been killed in the war. Each one of those deaths, of course, not only marks the end of a life, but also shatters a family, a community, a tribe. And that ripple effect, that communal grieving, was palpable following the death of reservist Yossi Hirschkowitz, the 44-year-old principal of the religious Zionist Pelech School for Boys in Jerusalem, who was killed on Friday, November 10th. Like Yossi, his dear friend and colleague Shalom Weil has devoted his life to education. Over the years, Shalom has taught, founded schools, and served as a principal. And ever since the war broke out, He's been working tirelessly to build educational frameworks for those impacted by it most, the families of victims, survivors, evacuees. But our producers Mitch Ginsberg, Alexandra Muller, and Yael Ben-Chorin asked him to come into the studio not to talk about his own admirable work, but rather to talk about his soulmate, Yossi, who had replaced him as the principal of the Pelech School for Boys. Here's Shalom. My name is Shalom, Shalom Weil. I'm an, a CEO of an NGO called Yesodot, which deals with democracy and Judaism within the uh, Zionist religious um, sector in Israel. And before that, I was the uh, founder and head of school of the Pelech Boys School. We worked together, me and Yossi, he was my partner, um, and took over as the head of school in, in the school that I founded. Mostly we were soulmates and very good friends, and it's a huge loss for us. Yossi was a, was a tough and strict guy from the outside, but everyone who knew him for more than two minutes would see how soft, and he was all heart and all tender, and, and, and there's something very powerful about his presence. He had a very strong and quiet presence, um, good eyes, seeking for depth, uh, something which was very honest about him and very authentic about him there's one thing that he couldn't stand is things which are unhonest and in that sense he was actually a child i think most of his life i think children if there's one betrayal that you cannot do with children is not say the truth in that sense that's that's the beauty of many leaders i think have their a point of choosing to look naively about people rabbi nachman of braslav talks about the second naiveness it's called in hebrew where you're a child you're a naive then you woke or waken or become cynical and then you choose again to become naive we had these long discussions when he was driving home um he lives in gvaot which is in gush Etzion, which is about like uh anywhere between a 25 to an hour and 25 uh of driving distance to according to the uh to the time um so every time we would like end the day's work we would go on phone we would discuss and these discussions were mostly about students. And he would say, look, I've seen, you know, X, certain certain pupil, and he doesn't look happy. There's something which we're, we're missing about him. And we've tried working about that. And I've discussed it with his educator and his teacher for English or for maths or whatever. And this is the dilemma, and I'm debating about it. And we would discuss it from various approaches and different ideas. We would decide that we would talk to various people, to his parents, to himself. 
And when we would meet a bit again in the morning, um, the eight o'clock, um, we would pray um, the morning prayer, Shacharit. We'd pray together with our students. And he would say, well, I thought it over and I read five articles about it. And I've got an idea. I've got this crazy idea. And I think I'm going to try this way or that approach. Um, so he was very creative, but very, very conservative and very creative, both in both ways. So his, his values were very down to earth. Um, he was very traditional about his values and what he believed in his approach to things, but he was very open-minded about looking at things. When the war broke out um, on Motzei Shabbat, after the 7th of October, uh, Saturday night, we were WhatsApping to one another. He was very disturbed about what had happened. Did he consult with you before deciding to to join up for reserves? Well, several years beyond the age at which he's required. Um, unlike me, he saw um, the, the two roles were were, were coming together. Uh, he's a grandson of a, a Holocaust survivor. Yossi was always a person who would talk about values and about why is this important. A lot of Zionism discussions. And he, the disgrace of the 7th of October, he took it personally. He just, he, there was no one to talk to about it. I said, Yossi, you've got responsibility. You've got a community to lead. He said, the community will be fine. Now we have to do what we have to do. And that was it. Um, and it was very clear that he would, as much as he can, he would be the first one to go in. He would be the first one to lead, to do the job. Um, that, that was Yossi, always demonstrating first what has to be done. Not telling others, but actually demonstrating. Were you worried about him? Were you concerned at the time? No. Honestly, no. No, he was, he was, he was undefeatable. Honestly. <laughs> I couldn't believe that he, that he would, he would, he would be killed. Couldn't believe that. But I will say that Friday that he was killed, um, I had a call from his wife, from Hadass. She called me. She called to chat. We were, I mean, we were friends, my wife, his wife. We, we, were, we were families, kids. And she called me and she had sounded quite disturbed. This was Friday at three o'clock, more or less. Um, Shabbos, um, I do not use the phone from sunset on, on Friday afternoon, which is around 4.30 this, this time of, of the year. So three o'clock, receiving a phone call at three o'clock was surprising. But we chatted for an hour and I heard that she was quite distant and quite disturbed and we chatted. And at that exact time, Yossi was killed, um, which is which is quite shocking. I don't know how to how to explain that or how to, where to how to put that into frame. Um, I think Hadas had a strong feeling. Um, I did not feel that. I honestly thought nothing would happen to him. Wow. I got the call Friday night. Um, his wife called me Friday night after she was told, and after she told her family members, of course, she called me up. And I walked around during Friday night and Saturday during Shabbat. I walked around to tell people who were um, in leading positions within the community. Um, and when Shabbos went out, which is Saturday uh, afternoon around 5.30, we had a, a call meeting when I was on my way to Yossi Anadas's house. Um... And I was very, very active about what we should be doing. We should be doing this. We should be doing that. And then I got a call from one of the um, leading figures in the school. And she called me. She said, listen, I appreciate you and we're friends. I want to tell you, you're not acting the regular way, which makes sense. You've lost a friend and you're acting as though you're, a you're an objective leader. It just doesn't work. 
And that's a good gift to receive from a friend, isn't it? To get the honest truth. And from that point onwards, I decided that for the week, I'm not accountable for any decision. I'm too emotionally involved. I had, I barely worked that week, um, the week of the shiva, the week of seven days of mourning for, for Yossi. And I was mostly either in school or in the house of Yossi Anadas. Um, I have teenage children as well. And I've been thinking about the impact it would have on them to have a principal be killed in action, especially knowing that they'll be joining the military in a few short years. So I wonder, does the principal owe his students the responsibility to lead from the front in education and not necessarily in battle where the results of battle can be quite, not just impactful, but even traumatic? So we completely disagreed about that um, for many years. Um, when I decided to become head of school, I left the reserve. The way I saw it is I have a social role and I cannot allow my responsibility for the school uh, to involve with other issues, mostly because I was not in a major position in the IDF. I think that's something which shouldn't be a decision for educational leaders. It should be a regulation. Not only in education, you cannot lead a strong responsibility within community and also be part of the reserve. I think that's that's my personal role. Although um, Yossi saw things completely differently um, and we had many discussions about that. I think Yossi couldn't do otherwise and we have to accept the fact that certain leaders cannot do otherwise. It's just, it's not a rational question. It's, it's not even passion. It's a strong existential um, call that they're just called and that's it. I think it's beautiful. This passion, this call is, is beautiful. That's what makes our society so strong. You know, those those 10% of crazy, we call them Michigana people. And that's the, that's the beauty of our society. But, you know, Yossi's death is a mega um, event in, in Israel, I would say. In his funeral in the Levaya, there were somewhere between 10 and 15,000 people. The whole of Jerusalem was completely jammed with people who were respecting him. I drove up on my bike because I realized there would be traffic jams. I mean, the community and the school and the kids are not in a good situation, of course. Everyone, you know, their leader or their father um, has, has been killed in action. That's, that's, uh, that's, a tough, that's a tough one to accept. And how do you mediate that to students? And they ask very true and authentic and direct questions, you know, questions which we find hard to hold. You know, will I be killed too? Where is God? Um, did Yossi do a good thing or a bad thing about being in the IDF? How can I carry on with my life? What is Yossi's uh, call to me? What is my place where I could actually make Yossi's memory greater in my life? And also, how can I just carry on with my life as if nothing had happened? How can I study maths or English or Gemara or whatever it is, or play basketball? Can I play basketball when I know that the leader of the school, person who I looked up to, has is not around anymore? Those are, those are very tragic questions. What is my role in the war? Is my role in my war just to, you know, to help with my in my house? Am I supposed to now build shelters? What am I supposed to do? And I think those questions are very strong, very powerful questions. I think questions are stronger than the answers. I think we just have to sort of be with them. The faculty are amazing about being there. They were very, very, very um, connected emotionally um, to Tuyosi. 
quite often they have these dilemmas about what to do, educational dilemmas. What should we do with this pupil or with this student or another? And they go, well, let's just ask Yossi. Oh, Yossi's not around. What should we do now? It's also a big question about how do you lead a school when Yossi's looking at you because there are photographs of Yossi all around the school. How do you lead the school um, independently, objectively? You know, should we do things the way he wanted or the way we want to do? It's not easy. It's not easy. But um, there's a power of life. Vitality, I think. That's, is that the word? Yeah. And I think that's very powerful. People choose to live. We all choose to live. Um, there's a saying in Hebrew, Chafetzei Chaim Anachno. We're, um, how would you translate that? Uh, People who seek life, desire life. Uh, thank you. That's beautiful. Yes. And we have to carry on. Yossi's memory and Yossi's vision and, and what he taught us is of great significance. And that's Yossi's too. Can you speak a bit about the impact that it's had on you, his his being killed and and your faith in and where the country is right now, I guess, as well. Um, I First of all, I, I miss him. To be honest, I just simply miss him. Several times I, I was troubled and I didn't know quite what to do, and I was about to call him to consult about his own death. And I, <laughs> uh, thank goodness I stopped myself from doing that, otherwise, because his phone, his wife's got his phone, it would be, that would be very scary. Um, I think you're also asking about my uh, my faith and about my spiritual. If I if I understand correctly, you're nodding with your hand. That's uh, <laughs> I don't want to interfere. Yeah, but yeah no, very, I was curious. <laughs> um, my my personal faith, you know, I, I think I'm I'm 46. Um, I've gone through enough in my life. I've lost plenty of people uh, to understand that life isn't easy. Um, I was an officer in the IDF. Um, my family has lost a family member in, in one of the uh, terror attacks. You know, I mean, I've gone through everything that most people have gone through here in Israel to understand that the Almighty is the Almighty. And I I think my relationship with him is, a, is, a, is an intimate relationship. It's not something I speak about too much. But I would say um, I have many arguments with, with God. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm quite angry at him at many things, but he's the boss. I'm his employee, not an employer. And uh, he runs the show, and it's a very difficult and powerful and sometimes cruel show. Um, and I know that I don't understand, and I know that I demand to understand. Um, and that's not easy. It's not easy, but I think it's, um, it's a, at least it's an honest position that I try to put myself into. And... There's a bit of Yossi in my own heart or soul or memory, or but I have my own life, and that it takes time to realize that it'll take a few years, but it's it's a work. It's it's a work we all have to be doing, slowly, gradually. Amen. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. מאז שעזבת, הרבה השתנה כאן. זהו זמן, שיגעון, מהומה עד אין קץ. ובכל רגע חדש, פורענות לא עלינו. והכל 
חי ברשת, הכל מתפוצץ. ובאופק אחר, על אותו דף גמרא, יושבים כל הלילה, אתה ואני, שלוות עולמים, פרדס חנה כרגו. אקליפטוס ברוח, שורק בלוז כנעני. מאז שעזבת, החושך גובר כאן, האור שלך מאיר. עדיין זוהר, זה סיבוב הופעות מקומי, אתה יודע. אותו שיר כאב הולך וחוזר, ובאופק אחר, סביב שולחן השבת, יושבים כולם יחד. גם אתה ואני, שלוות עולמים, פרדס חנה כרכור, אקליפטוס בודד, שורק בלוז כנעני. שעזבת, הרבה השתנה כאן. זה עולם אלקטרוני, קצת קשה לדבר. ומילים כמו שלך, אף אחד לא אומר כבר. הנר שלך, מאיר, עדיין בוער. ובאופק אחר, אחרי הופעה, נעביר בסיבוב, זר קוצים רחנים, שלוות עולמים, פרדס חנה כרכור, אקליפטוס ענק, שורק בלוז כנעני. שעזבת, הרבה השתנה כאן. הנר שלך, מאיר, עדיין בוער. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? 
we wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.